You are listening to the Doldix for the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. Each week, we review the Bible passage for this week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host and also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Mike Livingston, who's one of the content editors on the team, and we're going to be looking at session nine for the fall 2020 study of Isaiah. Mike, thank you for being with us today. You were with us a few weeks ago, and you're joining yes. us again today. And Yes, thanks for having me. Um, we're looking at session nine, which is a study of Isaiah 46, 3 through 4, uh, 13. In the background of this passage, is a Babylonian religious festival where idols that represented Nebo and Baal, which is also known as Marduk, were decorated and paraded around the city on a cart. So that's some of the irony behind uh, Isaiah 46. 46 verses three through 13, we've outlined this way, the true God, the trustworthy one, and the just one. First of all, verses three through seven, the true God. In this passage, this section, Isaiah compared the eternal God with idols, explaining that God carries and rescues his people while idols stand still, unable to move. God is capable of saving the people while an idol is not. The second section, the trustworthy one, looks at verses 8 through 11. In this section, Isaiah emphasized that God demonstrated his power in the past and would do so in the future. God determines when something begins and when it ends. The third section, verses 12 through 13, we've entitled The Just One. Here, Isaiah called on the people of Israel to cease being stubborn in their rebellion and instead turn to God for salvation. Part of the reality there was that God's judgment was coming. So that's a quick look at a walk through the passage. Let's look at some, some ideas here, Mike. First of all, a teaching tip. There's, uh, in, the, in the leader pack, there are two items, item four and 11, which work together and they both deal with primary idols in the Old Testament. What are some tips for using those two pack items when leading Bible study with the, uh, for this session? Yeah, I believe that one is a poster and one's a handout, if I remember correctly. That's but, right. And both of them have essentially the same, the same information on it. Um, now, you look at that, the list of, of idols uh, there on that, on that handout or that poster, uh, you notice that three of the seven are mentioned by, that are mentioned by name are in Isaiah, Baal and Nebo, the two of the main Babylonian gods. Baal was the chief god of the Babylonians, as you mentioned, sometimes called Marduk, uh -huh. and uh, Nebo was Baal's son. He was the god of wisdom and writing, and was especially popular among intellectuals in the upper class and so forth. What's, what's obvious when you look at the list, the entire list there, uh, is idol worship was an ongoing problem, an ongoing temptation throughout the history of God's people. From, you think back, from the golden calf made in the wilderness, you know, in Exodus, uh, throughout the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, Paul broadened the scope of idolatry when he talked about, you know, gre identified greed with idolatry in Colossians 3. So you see this natural inclination in 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 humanity to worship idols still dealing and with it today still dealing with it today and you know i can think of all kinds of questions related to this you know what what is the attraction or the allure of man-made idols you know how, how do we account for this propensity toward or propensity to worship 
man-made things. Um, just all kinds of things we could talk about uh, in, in this session. But, but looking at those pack items uh, in, in, in particular, you know, I'm thinking, you know, one thing that uh, you could do would be to assign some of those selected passages. We probably wouldn't want to use all of those, but just some selected passages to teams and, and look for some common characteristics of, of all of, the, of these idols that are mentioned. And some of the passages that would lend themselves well to that activity would be the Isaiah 27, 9, 1 Kings 18, Isaiah 46. And just look at some of the common characteristics. You know, they're, they're man-made, they're, they're powerless, they are temporary, you know, all these kinds of things would be characteristic of all of these idols. And, uh, you know, I mentioned you know, all kinds of things you could just discuss related to, to this. Um, you know, how, how do these man-made gods, man-made idols compare to the one true God? That's, that's a question that you find in the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide, or how does God show himself to be different from these idols? And that's really the question that the passage in Isaiah invites us to ask. Uh, God, in verse 5, God says, to whom will you compare me or make me equal? So God is inviting us to ask that question. You know, how is he different from, from the man-made things that, that people worship? And you have this contrast in this pa Isaiah passage, um, like these image, these idols, uh, the Lord says, you have to carry them. They're, that you carry The images you carry are loaded as a burden for the weary animal in verse 1. Verse 7, he talks about lifting these idols on their shoulders and bearing it along. But in contrast to that, God says, I will bear you. So the idols had to be carried. They were burdensome. But God says, I will bear you and I will carry you. So you might discuss how do man-made idols become burdens for those who worship them or live for them. And, I, and Isaiah is being kind of, uh, kind of funny or using comedy here in some ways to kind of show the ridiculous nature of mm -hmm. trusting an idol yeah. in the first place here, especially in verses three through seven. Uh, you, yeah. you mentioned that yeah. you got to carry this, but I'll carry you. What yeah. Help yeah, us understand yeah. the picture Isaiah uh -huh. is presenting here. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit of comedy. The picture is of a, a of a wealthy man. He's obviously a wealthy man because he comes into the shop of a goldsmith carrying silver and gold, and he weighs out the amounts of silver and gold that he wants this craftsman to use to make him an idol. And when the idol's finished, the guy bows down and worships it. And ironically, he didn't worship the raw gold and silver. You know, he didn't worship the gold and silver that he carried in his bag, but now that the craftsman has shaped it into the form of a god, he thinks it's somehow worthy of his worship. And, and once <laughs> he has this idol, he has to carry it on his shoulders. You know, he has to carry it home, and he sets it up in this special place in his home. He makes a shrine of it, and then what happens? He, he says in verse 7, he says, they set it in its place, and there it stands. And, and there is comedy in that. He sets it in his, makes it, you know, he puts it in this special place in his home and, and it just says, and there it stands. You know, and that's all it does. It, it, says it, doesn't, it doesn't budge from his place. Like they cry out to it, but it doesn't answer. It saves no one. It just sits there. 
So the, the gold he had beforehand, he could have placed it in that position before it was crafted into something, mm -hmm. before it was made into something. He wouldn't have worshipped it. He goes and gets it made into this form. Mm -hmm. He brings that back, and then he worships the very thing he wouldn't have worshipped beforehand. Yes. And there's a similar story, a similar account in chapter 44, you might remember. Where Isaiah talks about the craftsman who cuts down a tree, and half of it he uses to make a fire to warm himself or to cook a meal, and the other half he uses to make an idol, and he bows down before it, and he worships it, and he prays to it, rescue me, because you are my God. And it says, uh, Isaiah 44, 19, no one stops to think, no one stops to think, well, half of that I used for fuel for cooking meat, and the other half I bowed down to worship. I mean, so yeah, there's comedy in that. You don't stop to think, hey, I'm worshiping a block of wood or I'm worshiping, a, a, you know, some silver and gold that I was carrying around in a bag or yeah. So there's, there is a bit of comedy in all that. Isaiah here in verses eight through 11 points to remembering how God has demonstrated his power in the past. How does reflecting on what God has done in the past give us a reason to trust him in the future? Yeah, and this is something we read, we hear over and over again in the scripture, don't we, to remember. It's just, it's just this continual call to remember because we're so prone to forget. So God over and over and over reminds us to remember. Now, first, you know, first, just think, what, what is he telling them to remember? You know, what specifically are they supposed to remember? Um, he says in verse 8, remember this. Uh, verse 9, remember what happened long ago. So what happened? We are to remember what happened long ago. Or they, the, the Israelites, that were to remember what happened long ago. Not sure exactly what he has in mind there, it, but it could be a couple of different things or, or all, of, all of this. It could refer back to God's creation of the world. Remember that God is the one who created everything, the heavens and the earth. And he has already made that point in chapter 40, verses, verses 21. Uh, the Lord says, have you not considered the foundations of the earth? Uh, or it might be that he's referring here, calling them to remember what he's done for, for them in, in choosing them and redeeming them uh, as his people. And he's already, he's, he's talked about that in chapter 41, uh, 41 verse nine, I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners and said, you are my servant. I've chosen you. He's calling his people to remember these, these past acts, whether creation or redemption or both. By remembering God's past actions, they would come to the conviction that's expressed in verse 9 that says, I am God, and there's no other. I am God, and there's no one like me. Now, we need to remember that in these verses, in the context of these verses, that he's making a contrast between these idols who couldn't speak, couldn't act, and God himself, the one who speaks, and he, he speaks something, and it happens. That's what it says in verse 10. I, de I declare the end from the beginning, from, from long ago, and, and what is not yet, saying my plan will take place. Um, so there's that contrast. We remember that he is God, and he only, he alone is God. And when, when scripture calls us to remember, it's not just saying, you know, call something to mind. In, script, in, in scripture, the call to remember is a call to action. So to remember that an idol was nothing more than a block of wood or melted down silver and gold, to remember that is, is a call to reject those idols. 
And to remember what God has done was a call to trust him because he has shown himself to be God and there's no other like him. So he's challenging them to remember what you see on that mantle or whatever is just a piece of gold you carried in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Well, I am the God who carried you, but I carried you in the past. Yeah. And everything I've done in the past gives you no reason to think I won't continue to do that in the future. Yeah. So, so the call to remember is not just an, is, is, it's not just an intellectual exercise that we're, we're just remembering something, uh, but he's calling us to, to take action, it, to, to put our trust in him. So it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a way to strengthen somebody's faith for us yeah. to reflect on how God's worked in the past. You think about how important that would be for us to do in a day's world, how we look at maybe difficulties we've endured or mm -hmm. challenges we face and how God's been faithful through those things. Now, unfortunately, most of the time we think faithful, he, he, you know, he, we didn't have to deal with this. We hadn't did, didn't have to deal with that as opposed to he helped me endure that. He was there with me. We need to keep in mind that in their history, in Israel's history, they went through some hard things and yet God sustained them through all those things by, by his presence. And yeah. sometimes I think we forget that we forget about his presence being part of uh, us enduring and as opposed to him, uh, us avoiding enduring yeah. something. Yeah. And it's going back to, you know, what he's talked when he's talked about the idols, you know, you have to bear these idols and they're, they become a burden, but, but I, the Lord, I bear you, I will bear you and, and carry you. Yeah. So that's kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Any other key insights you would share from this particular passage? Uh, Isaiah I don't know 46? If I have, yeah, I don't know if I have any other insights, but just a reminder uh, that there's a there's a biblical illustrator article that relates to what we're talking about. Um, it's in the the current fall 2020 issue of Biblical Illustrator. It's called "Idols from Production to Veneration," uh, which would give you some more insight into this whole discussion about idols. Uh, by now, uh, most of you have noticed some changes in the Explore the Bible resources this fall. Uh, you find a fresh look on the cover. You find a few tweaks to the layout of the personal study guide, the daily discipleship guide. Um, those things were done to help you read the resource a little bit easier. And also, they gave us additional space to include more commentary. You're also going to find a few changes in the leader guide. We would love to hear your thoughts about these changes, and you can share those with us by sending me an email at duane.mccrary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. Thank you for listening today, and know that we pray for you, and we hope you will do the same for us, that God will give us wisdom as we create the Explore the Bible studies. Join us next week as we look at session 10, and we'll be looking at uh, Isaiah 49, 1 through 13.